Welcome to Movie Time Machine, where each episode we pick a movie from the past and we live it in the present. This week, we travel back to the year 2004 and revisit Saw, directed by James Wan, starring the guy from The Princess Bride and one guy from Lethal Weapon. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, surrounded by my Time Machine friends, Jamie, Chris, and joining us for the first time, Casey. Thanks what for joining up? us. What up? Hello. Hey. Casey, do you want to play a game? Oh, no. <laughs> do you want to play a game? Sure. Okay, I can only promise I'll say that two or three more times <laughs> cool. throughout deal. the deal. duration of the show. <laughs> All right, so let's just uh, kick off and get a quick synopsis of the film. Then we'll go over some box office. Then after that, we'll do some uh, quick thoughts, talk about the movie. Then we're going to do a top five horror movie list from each one of us. And then we'll finish it out. So let's do a synopsis of the film. All right, the synopsis. Two strangers who have awakened in a room with no recollection of how they got there, soon discover they are pawns in a deadly game perpetrated by a notorious serial killer. Looking at the box office here, uh, they had a budget of $1.2 million. Their opening weekend, they saw uh, $18.2 million, and they ended up grossing overall $56 million. If we look uh, cumulative worldwide gross, that actually was $103 million, so not bad on a 1.2 million uh budget they also say 1.3 billion or million you said million good just making sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah 103 million so yeah that's crazy now what movies do we get do we have like a top 10 for box office that year uh no not that i have on here i can probably look it up just trying to see what great movies we got that year uh, for th- horror movies. We get The Grudge. We get Blade Trinity. Nice. <laughs> Hellboy. Oh, the first one's really good. The first Hellboy. I, I stumped yeah. for that movie. Was that Guillermo? Del Toro? Yep, that yeah. was Guillermo and Ron Perlman. Okay. If we're looking at top movies uh, worldwide box office in 2004, uh, Shrek 2 is number one. We've got Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which is personally my favorite Harry Potter movie, um, and probably arguably the best book, even though I've never read them. <laughs> <laughs> I, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm surrounded by Harry Potter fans. <laughs> oh, you are. Uh, Spider-Man 2. Oh, interesting. Number four is The Passion of the Christ. Number five, The Incredibles. Number six, The Day After Tomorrow. Number seven, Meet the Fockers. Number eight, Troy. Oh, that's a Brad Pitt. I didn't Ooh. like that one. The whole like Achilles thing at the end couldn't do it. Uh, number nine, Shark Tale. And number 10, Oceans 12. Ooh. The worst of the oceans. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Is that by the Indian Ocean? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Daniel Indian Ocean robbed the casino. Right. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a mad year for movies. A lot of sequels oh. in there. Yeah, not great. I think great. movies were missing, though. Again, like movies that may not have been like the top films, but some big movies that came out that year, like Shaun of the Dead, yep. you get Napoleon Dynamite. You get there? Without a Paddle. Without a Paddle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Sideways, right? However, Goodbye Lennon Kill did come Bill, out that Volume year. Volume 2. Fantastic German film. Right. Yeah. That's pretty low for a Tarantino movie yeah. as far as grossing 
in the top 10. Motorcycle Diaries, great film. That's a good movie. Shaolin Soccer. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> you just said Motorcycle Diaries? Yeah. Yeah. It came out in 2004. Oh, and uh, Life Aquatic. Oh, <laughs> top three movie great for me. Films. Yeah. Secret Window as well. <laughs> Haven't seen that. I like that one. That kind of got a bad rap, but yeah. it was, yeah, I mean, it's not Stephen King's strongest story or movie, but it's a nice little thriller. I don't know. I didn't have anything bad to say about that. Actually, Sideways is on here too, which is a really awesome indie film. I said that. Oh, you said sideways? Yeah. But that's oh. okay. Sorry. We just get it. I was looking at the <laughs> list while you were okay. saying it, so it's probably like... That's okay. It's just how good it is it gets referenced right? twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like couscous. Did you say The Aviator as well? Oh, yeah, I have seen The Aviator. No, but that came out that year. Did yeah. you say that one? No, I did not. Okay, yeah. I, pan- I saw it, but I didn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly not as good as sideways. <laughs> So uh, side, note for, <laughs> side note on Sideways was that Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, the guy that plays note. Lowell from Wings. I haven't seen Wings. Oh, yeah. But no, he was yeah, in this HBO series that just ended divorced. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, I think it was like three seasons. Yep. It's like him and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, I saw the first season. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's really good. good. <laughs> kind of like a, a dark comedy-ish, like, I don't know. Good times. But anyway, uh, let's do uh, first impressions of Saw. So I, I'm assuming that everyone saw Saw. Saw Saw? Saw Saw. That only happened three <laughs> right. more times as well in this show. <laughs> Can I promise it three more times? So yeah, let's just go around the table. Let's start with Jamie. Yeah, I remember seeing this, I think it was around high school. So 2004 high school for me. And I don't remember which year specifically, but this was... Um, and I remember when it came out, this was a film that it's kind of hard to uh, properly contextualize its reputation. I mean, it was really gross and kind of <laughs> the critics didn't know what to do with it. And it kind of got tagged with this torture porn moniker, which has gone with films like that and Hostel ever since they stopped making Saw movies. So it kind of kickstarted a subgenre. There's debate within you know, the horror community. But um, yeah, I just, you know, I remember being blown away with the twist ending. Um, What else? Yeah, I guess initial thoughts. I mean, you, so you see the movie poster with the severed foot and half, I don't want to say fun. Yeah, it's fun. I don't care. Half the fun is wondering, you know, is he or isn't he going to do it? You know, what's he going to do? And that's, I think, kind of half the fun of this movie is just seeing how far these characters will be pushed and what's going to happen next. Yeah, and I, I think I was going to say something similar about uh, it was, to me, I think one of the first torture porn movies. Um, but to that end, you know, after Saw and Hostel, what's left? Did it kind of run its course quickly enough? Are there, are there still torture porn movies really coming out lately? What's the last thing that's come out? Like know, a Hostel. I, I don't know. Jamie, you seem to be like the horror yeah, expert it, out of the group. But this one isn't even like my favorite subgenre, although I really did enjoy Hostel for different reasons, not for all the <laughs> torture. <laughs> but um, no, I think you could maybe go there with some of Rob Zombie's films. I, maybe oh, they would yeah. get classified that way. But, yeah, yeah, especially uh, the but second, Those are more like the, the, the Hills Have Eyes. Is that one kind of like that? Kind of. It's, okay. it's trickier because that was the remake, and I mean, it got 
pretty brutal out of control but same director alex aja aha he did mm-hmm. um high tension i don't know if anyone's seen that oh yeah mm-hmm. well yeah that one's that one's also pretty bloody and gross and probably earned it's a remake of a french film Hot yeah Tension. yes <laughs> yes but no i think you're right casey i can't think of anything and the saw films i think the last one came out last year two years ago so yeah it kind of held the title well, yeah. how many did they make eight nine what did it get to there's a ton of saws oh there's a was saber saw, saw. There's ah. a saw. <laughs> <laughs> chop saw <laughs> table saw saber saw or uh saza <laughs> uh seven films seven it looks like and yeah i yeah. think the latest was just titled jigsaw oh sure jigsaw yeah, yep. the first movie, that's the only one I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I stopped. I, I mean, think the third was the last yeah. one I saw. I saw one, two, and three. Recommend? That, was, that third is good. I mean, it just it depends if you're a fan of the genre. Yeah. And if you like seeing how... I remember they were... I don't know if it was Lee Winnell, but they were... There was an interview with him, the writer, who also plays Adam in the film, um, or James Wan, the director, and they were just saying, like, literally, it got to a point where we were researching medieval torture techniques and, like, how can we set up these games to kill people and they're like yeah it was disturbing and kind of fun in a demented way to write but ultimately you know if after three that's kind of all you're in it for yeah in my estimation have has anybody seen cube yes, yes. this reminded me a lot of cube as well of like they have different like tasks that they have to do that are like equally like terrifying and awful and like trying to like get through this like little maze or like get through this like kind of trials in order to to save their lives or get out and yeah it, it was really reminiscent of that for me yeah that's a good reference too i think cube is like the thinking persons saw too you know and yep. which could almost be cited as an influence <laughs> don't compliment stroking, him like yeah, that yeah, no, don't no, compliment no, 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 him no. like that he just played his play, played right into like <laughs> no not happening <laughs> <laughs> hmm, brilliant point, you Chris. Got, you just got Jedi mind tricked. <laughs> I did not make it out of that game. No. But a hey, cube came first, so I mean, I think it's fair to say that it was an influence on Saw. Yeah. Does it have the same level of gore? I remember seeing Cube once. I was probably um, stoned. Like I don't. When I first came. You on. know. Yeah, I've only seen DV, a, or VHS or once. And I think like the thing that I'm thinking of is like they had like a scene where like they were. I want to say like there's like a pit of like needles, like hypodermic needles, and they're having to like go through that. And like that's the scene that um, is really like sticking out in my mind Um, as far as like gory and like kind of I don't think so at that point. That was like what early or I'm sorry, late late 80s, late 90s, late 90s, 97 came out. Okay, Um, but no, I don't think it had the same amount of gore, but I think I think they depicted it differently. Right. Yeah, and it was more I like Saw is more voyeuristic, like you're kinda in it with Jigsaw. Cube was more um focused on the people. It was like a survival movie more than it was um mm-hmm. kind of like a gore film. It was more about the environment they were in and all of the mathematical components, you know, with figuring out which room you just came in and trying to get to the next room and they kind of deduce mathematically which rooms will hurt them, which will not, and they kind of use you know their knowledge to get out i also think a difference of cube is that you are like vying for the people in there to be successful whereas for me and jigsaw like all of these people that jigsaw is going after like are 
not very good people. Like they're kind of in essence, like terrible human beings. So there's not as much like feeling of you want to see them get out or right. you're not as in- invested in their, it has a little bit of uh, seven spice yeah. in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Not fully going there with like the sin, right. but maybe just kind of skirts the, they don't want you to care about these people. Right. They want you to enjoy yeah. watching them right. suffer. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny. I didn't. I've never seen Cubed. I didn't know they had a hypodermic needle scene. But when you mentioned that, I think Saw Three does something like that too. Throws like an addict into a two of needles. Two. You're right. Yeah. Two. You're right. Yeah. That's when the character Amanda, who was in the bear trap, reverse bear trap, comes back. She's the one who dives into the needle pit. Spoilers. 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 Fine. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, but like, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, fine. Isn't she like? Question. Isn't she like Jigsaw's chick in the end or something too? Yeah. Yeah. She's like part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, she yeah. likes it. Well. No, no, she like turns after being tortured, claims that Jigsaw saved her from being a terrible person, which I guess they're all bad people, right? She survived and then decided not to be a bad person yeah. and then now like worships Jigsaw or whatever. Yeah, she's like the Anakin to his Palpatine. Oh, yeah, she becomes Jigsaw right. in one of the like the last wow. movie or maybe it is the last movie. I don't know. I haven't seen the last couple. But I always go spoil it and read online. So it's like once Stockholm I was the leader, now I yeah, am maybe. the master. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Did you have any case, any other um, kind of like thoughts on your like, no, I initial mean, experience? I, I'm, I mean, admittedly, I'm not really a horror guy. Yeah. Um, and I I guess when I first saw Saw, I was probably down with <laughs> gore and things like that. It's, it's definitely not something I would choose to put back on now. Just it's not in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But when yeah. I was younger, it was fine. Uh, I was actually going to say, uh, I also was thinking the comparison of... Uh, like torture porn movies and, and thinking about the Rob Zombie movies then because those are extremely violent but those I see coming from more of they're almost like satanic in nature that's they're going for dark they have these beliefs of just murder and killing and the killing is part of those stories whereas Saw is more you're in it just to watch these people get tortured so I don't know I think that's its own I think you got to give Rob Zombie almost his own genre of yeah. horror movies well yeah I love like I think I love uh was it House of a Thousand yeah. Corpses? Corpses yeah. Love that film, but I really don't like Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects almost gets too yeah. dark. Yeah. 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 Where it's just like, it's not even like fun to watch. Well, it's and they like, almost make you try to empathize with the killers yeah. for a little bit because you're seeing them struggle and getting right. shot down. And well, it's like, no, you're the awful people. I, but they try to evoke that sympathy for them yeah. almost. But when they're, they're the protagonist and the antagonist, which maybe that's exactly what he was going for but just almost makes you feel gross like you kind of sympathize but you're like no screw these people i just watched them murder a whole family in a you know house and i'm i'm kind of split down the middle (laughs) on that as like a horror fan because mostly i agree with you guys that's how i felt throughout the whole movie but in the end like i can't help myself when like freebird cranks up and they get out of the car i'm like let's go yes And yeah, I just, I I guess I can relate to Rob Zombie on that level. (laughs) Yeah. Not to get too sidetracked, but Rob Zombie is really good at like mixing like the soundtracks with like the the horror and the, the gratuitous violence in those films. But Chris, did you get a chance to share what your first experience was when you first saw this film? No. So I also saw it similarly in high school. Yeah. I saw, saw, um, I didn't see saw, saw, saw. Um, but I also saw it pretty young in high school, um, in remembering, like, I don't know, I've always been a sucker for, like, really good twists. We're gonna talk yeah. a little bit about, um... It's a twist! Yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about, like, our top five, 
horror films and one of them is i don't really know if it's a horror film or not i also am not super into horror movies they're fine some are good but they generally tend to be like more predictable than i like yeah um but uh the movie the others which i also i don't know if you've seen that i thought had a wonderful twist at the end and like it was it's nicole kidman and like it was really really cool um you talked about seven which i love the twist at seven yeah um so I think that was the biggest thing that like really stood out to me. I also thought like um, you had brought up seven earlier is like this movie felt a lot like seven and seven is what like I, I saw first and like kind of cling to is like thinking like that was such a cool movie. And like, yeah. there's a lot of like dark imagery, a lot of like dark purpose. And um, in, I mean, honestly, the motivations are similar too, right? Like they want to try and like, make the world a better place, even though they're doing it in a really like sadistic way. Um, I think there's a lot of parallels that can be said. I remember when I first saw this movie thinking it was like a really cool idea. Um, watching it now as an adult and seeing it a second time, um, especially as like my interest in movies have grown. I like the first like 15 to 20 minutes were just unbearable. Like the <laughs> acting yeah. was so terrible. Um, and like, I just remember like noticing that uh, more immediately, but I thought the story was really good. I forgot that Danny Glover was in this. So did I. Like, I didn't remember that <laughs> at all. I was like, Oh my God, Danny. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, like it's a movie that I probably won't go back to, but like, it's a, it's a good yeah. watch. Like, and right. I think it's like for a psychological thriller and like, kind of that that genre that you're talking about, I think it, it does the part well. Yeah. The 15th anniversary of Saw. Yeah. Oh, it's October. Yeah, my uh, first viewing experience was, uh, I did see it in a theater. Uh, I did go on a date. Um, <laughs> Drink. The, the uh, yeah, the acting, like the first, yeah, like 15, 20 minutes is just like, uh, over the top but what was gripping me was was the hook of like why in the hell like what is like the, what is going on like that was i felt like that was so unique at that time of kind of like slowly pulling back the layers of the onion to like into like this voyeuristic um approach in the film and very that apt. was yeah go ahead i was say it's a very apt shrek to comparison right. layer right. to the onion right well since this is like the year shrek you know, was yeah. like one of the number one movies. I thought I would do some, you know, relate it to another film, but. <laughs> Sorry, I kicked but, you off course. Yeah. Well, no, but, I, I agree. I think it's it's interesting to see a movie just kind of thrown in with no exposition and yeah. you slowly learn about the yeah. characters and it, it informs yeah. what you've already seen and right. it kind of makes you rethink some of the right. earlier scenes or, or conversations. And there's it's a some unique kind of like, like the the continuity of the film, like it kind of like, you're kind of like going back and forth on like the timing, like things are like occurring, you know, you kind of get to see some parts of like the, the past, like just the timing of like how the characters are involved in it. Like it's like, like memento. The, yeah. But way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is an awful movie by the way, sir. I disagree. All right. Maybe we'll have to put that on the list. Maybe find out when that movie came out. <laughs> well, and I don't want to give it too much credit yeah. um, because I don't think it's quite as smart as that. But what you said, I mean, like we got two unreliable narrators and then you know, so we know nothing and they could both be bullshitting. So those flashbacks are helpful in that regard that, you know, that's where we learn everything. Right. And the just even like the two characters that are in the 
that you are introduced to at the very beginning. Like it's almost like the terrible acting is almost like tricking you, like is making you not being able to like who believe like is it the bad acting or is it just like the way the character is developing like is that is like is that person like the the one was it like there's a part in the movie where you maybe starting to think that the carrie l's how do you say his last name Elwes, I'm never sure. A Princess Bride guy, yeah, yeah. Robin Hood, <laughs> right? Where you start to believe that maybe like he is like perpetrating this whole thing, but yeah, well, those, and just like the twist at the end was like, I think that was like one of the few like movies that I've seen at that time where it had like a fucking crazy twist at the end. We're just like, holy shit! Then like that's just how it ends. Like, dude gets up, closes it. What's what's he say at the end? He's just like you. You don't have the will to. I just what? know the final line is game over, but <laughs> can he just yeah. fucking slams the door on him? But yeah. But, you, okay. So but did isn't, you... isn't Princess Bride guy going to come back for him? That's the thing. That's the loose end. They leave it. He, he comes back. This is come on. Spoiler alert. Two? He comes back, not in two, but they do bring in him four. back into the franchise in three and not in three. Okay. I can't remember which film it is, but so you saw it in the theater. Did um, Chris and Casey, you see it in the theater? Okay. No, no. And I don't remember. This is where my memory gets hazy. If it was the theater or just with friends, but I just remember that moment when he stands up at the end, like the audible. Oh, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he just peels like the prosthetic or whatever. The, yeah. Oh, so good. And I thought too, like one of the things, like the big twist too, is not just the fact that that guy's alive, but also that Z- Zed, is that his name? Yeah. Like that Zed was not like the perpetrator the entire time. Like, right. And yeah, they start like, to kind of feed you like, that too. Yeah. That like, like that's, that's the, like, yeah. I'm listening to this, I'm watching it and it's, oh my gosh, it's like, he's the guy who's running yeah. it all. And then you yeah. find out that he's also being a part of this, this puzzle being thrown into it by the game is bigger and it's yeah you can imagine it was really really uh, a cool twist and something that i remember just kind of being in awe of because similarly i had not seen seen a lot of movies that that did that and that did that well well and if to date myself further the i don't remember how this aligns with lost but lost was one of the biggest shows when it was out on tv and he played the character ben. Benjamin Linus. Benjamin Linus. Oh yeah. Season two. Yeah. And uh, Miles is in this film he too. Is, yeah. 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 He's wow. one of the detectives. Yep. So I just remember if you saw this around that time or even after, like you were very aware of who Benjamin Linus was. So there was no doubt in your mind that he was the bad guy because he's one right. of the top TV villains, right. I think, of all time. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about uh, characters in the film or actors that have played characters in the film that are in other great roles. Uh, um, I just want to throw out there, we have the two lost cast members, but we also have uh, Monica Potter, who played Christina Braverman in Child, uh, or not Childhood, Parenthood. You ever watch that TV show? Oh, very good, very good. Better than uh, This Is Us. Ooh. Ooh. Shots fired. Yeah, shots I mean, fired. I don't watch either, but I, that'll offend some of the This Is Us <laughs> yeah, fans that's for that's sure. That's my whole point, right? That's Flame yeah. bait. Yeah. <laughs> So Lost was 2004, so, but Ben wasn't in season one, was he? I don't think you're ben right. was in season one. Season you're right. Two, so that was right? pre-Lost. That was we, pre-Lost. We, yeah. So that yeah. tees it up for Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that a prequel? Correct. It's a prequel. <laughs> it's, a, it's a prequel. 
Right? That's when he like he left the island and like he went back and came back. Yeah, I didn't see the final season. This is probably where he was during that time. Of Lost? You never finished Lost? I uh, I finished Jamie Hates last final like Jamie Hates final seasons of shows. Only of Game of Thrones, let me be clear. He's really salty about Game of Thrones. <laughs> you <laughs> are in good company. You and most of the internet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so anyway, it was uh, terrible. Does it's like else they stopped have, trying. Uh, uh, Sad. Saw. Seesaw. It's, it's kind of like one of those films, like maybe like it's worth one good watch, but after that, it's time you could file that one away and just say that you saw it. Well, I just one thing <laughs> for its legacy, um, just where horror is now. I, this movie, um, in many ways, kind of shaped horror now with James Wan and Lee Winnell. Like they kind of own the big box office horror movies. Like they got the Insidious franchise, the Conjuring franchise. I mean, this got them some big writing and directing roles. So I don't know. I think it's, I guess, um, significant in that way. You know, one of the things I would probably just say is, again, not being a huge horror fan, I think some of the issues that I have with it is just it feels like there's a lot of tropes that continue to come and a lot of predictability. Excuse me. And I feel like one of the things that this movie did was it was it was smart. It was clever. It was something that I had not seen before. And the way that they had to put all these pieces together, you were talking about that timeline. It was just it was really well done. And I think that's one of the reasons why, to me, this movie sticks out in the horror genre. It's just, it was good. It was smart. And they did a really, a really good job with it. Definitely have to agree with that. Well, and you've compared it a couple of times to Seven, right? With with especially the, the twist ending and talking mm-hmm. about twist endings. And while I think this was kind of, to your point, one of the ones where it happens, you go, oh, snap, like you're surprised yeah. and kind of like jazz, like, oh, that's nuts. Um, with seven that twist like that emotionally affected me like the movie ended and i did not i was not okay you know for a little bit you just get this like gross gut feeling like oh damn that sucks so bad um and i I wouldn't i'd say that's a way more uh impressive like emotion to invoke in someone than just the oh snap what a cool twist like it's hard to like you compare those but man seven that's just a chokes you up a little bit yeah Casey. Maybe I'm a, too much of a softy, but that was like, that's a, a rough, like, yeah, holy a, cow. Like, it just kind of comes to a head and you just kind of feel gross. I loved that ending. I oh, thought it was No, perfect. yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I, I, I love that he was it. able to finish yeah. the, everything he put forth. Like, you do not see it. It is not a no. feel good movie, but that entire movie is not a feel good right. movie. Fincher did it perfectly. But you, like, you feel like, you know what I mean? Oh, just, yeah, you feel absolutely. like, oh, oh, what's in the box? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so hard. All right. So, I think right now we should get into our top five scary movies. So, I'm thinking what we should do is we'll just start at number five and we'll just go around and I'll like say my number five and like Chris would say his number five and we'll just kind of work our way to our number one scary film. Sound like a plan, guys? Sounds great. Yeah. All right. Before we get into that, though, I threw this question out on Twitter and I did get one response from Griffin's Terrible Childhood. That's at G-Man TB for respondents to the Movie Time Machine Twitter with their top five horror films. And they said, not in any particular order, but their five films were Alien, Trick or Treat, The Reanimator, they said The Integral Cut, John Carpenter's The Thing. What up? That's a favorite of the Time Machine. 
and uh, Evil Dead 2. Uh, they, they put some honorable mentions here. Uh, Bride of Reanimator, uh, the original Halloween, some more JC cred there, and uh, John Carpenter, not Jesus Christ, of course, and uh, the original Dawn of the Dead. Are we sure about so, that? What's that? John Carpenter? Um, it's close, man. Okay. It's close. Just checking. <laughs> All right, so yeah, just thanks again to Griffin's terrible childhood for uh, responding to that. So uh, solid list, <laughs> solid list, great Twitter handle. <laughs> wait, hold right. on, wait, hold on. Can we just can we just emphasize? We don't think that your the childhood was bad. Yes, but thank the handle you. specifically. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Casey, and your moral, contribution Casey tonight was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so who wants to go? F- First, let's hey Chris, you seem really eager. You go first. I am. So I don't really have a number five. Again, not super into horror movies, but uh, I remember watching two horror movies that I thought were like honorable mentions or that I thought were really yeah. funny. So I've got two number fives. Uh, Leprechauns in the hood. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Was brilliant. Uh, also, Killer Clowns from Outer yeah, Space. Yes, those I love two that were like, yeah, those yes. two movies were movies that like we would put on and we just laugh at yeah. and have in the background. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I'll give them an honorable mention awesome. here now. I love it. All right, Casey. Yeah. So uh, again, I, like Chris said too, I'm not really a huge horror fan, um, but I did pick out five because I have seen a handful of them. my wife really loves uh, horror movies, so I've seen a couple. Um, but number five for me, not because it's scary, just because it's one of the ones I enjoy so much, was Cabin in the Woods. Uh, I think it was kind of uh, a funny way, like a meta horror movie, just kind of poking fun and uh, paying homage all at the same time uh, to all the different tropes and kind of throwing them all together. So it was kind of scary, like some jump scares here and there. It wasn't too spooky, like you didn't feel unsettled at any point, um, but entertaining the whole way through. That's a great pick. I love that movie as well. Um, My number five, and I want to just outline for everyone how I wrote my list. I picked... These are not necessarily my five favorite. These are the ones that I find the scariest. So The Shining is not on this list. Alien is not on this list. Those are two of my favorites, but they didn't scare me as much as these ones did. So my number five, um, it's called The Wailing, or Gok Sung, excuse my pronunciation. It's uh, it's South Korean. It came out, I want to say, 2016. So it's fairly recent. Um, You can find it on Netflix for anyone who's interested. But... The best way to describe it is um, it's a small town and a cop is investigating these families. Um, someone keeps getting sick and then the whole family goes down and we don't know kind of much more than that. And he's kind of trying to figure out which evil presence or whatever is taking down these families. And uh, to keep it short, um, it's kind of a South Korean exorcist kind of film. There's a lot of spirituality going on and... I think more than anything else, why I really dug it and why it kind of knocked me on my ass is just culturally, it's just such a far cry from American horror and anything I'd seen. So on that level, it scared me a lot more. Just not knowing their religious beliefs or background, I had no idea what was going on. So immediately after I turned it off, I was just in the South Korean horror Reddit hole for like two hours. So yeah, number five, The Wailing, if you want to see something really different and um if you're into kind of the whole um spiritual exorcism kind of thing it's yeah it's really creepy awesome it's funny you say that about uh, not understanding like some of the religious beliefs that made it scarier i remember watching ring you the original ring 
Yes. And there were some images in that that I found not scary, but I apparently to them would have been really like terrifying imagery. Yeah. But it was like a person with a sheet over their head. I was like, whoop de doo, that's not scary. When in comparison, because I had seen the original ring, which is a lot more graphic uh, and more Americanized scary, right? So yeah, yeah it was, it's kind of funny that it actually worked for you on that level where I kind of remember a few times where I was like, eh, this isn't that scary. Yeah. Uh, my number five is a movie called Actually, I just found out that it's not called The Darkness because that is not a f- good film. Great band, it's called- though. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, okay, sidetrack. Um, Darkness, uh, starring Anna Paquin. Um, I think it came on the early 2000s. It's like one of those typical movies where it's like the family moves into a new home and like and all of a sudden like these terrors start coming out. But everything that comes out is like when it's at night. So you can't see, you can never see what like the apparitions or whatever, like the, the thing is that's coming to get you. But, uh, yeah, the ending of that movie is what terrifies me and just like kind of leaves you with that, like kind of like empty gut feeling of like, whoa, like what the fuck? Then it just ends. But yeah, darkness, darkness, add that to my list. I've never seen that. I think it's like a I think it's like 90 minutes. So quick flick. That's like the perfect time. Yeah. It's the perfect timing for me. Yeah. 90 yep. minutes, hour and a half. Yep. All right. Number four for me is uh, a movie that we've already talked, uh, spoken about, but the others, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was really good. I'm actually not a huge Nicole Kidman fan, but I, me either. I really liked her in that movie and the twist is great and everything leading up to it is, is really, really good. Is that the invasion of the body snatchers movie essentially? No, no. no. The the others is similar to the one that you were just talking to, where they buy a new home and there's all these kind of things that are happening that are, are really kind of weird and creepy, and they right. have no um, understanding of why it's happening and what's going on. And it's a really good um, gothic. Uh, God, the word is escaping me. It's I I agree. It's a really good ghost story, gothic. Yep. Kind of movie. All right. Cool, yeah, so my number four, uh, I actually did pivot after Cabin in the Woods, and now these are ones that did scare me um, as well. I mean, maybe not, well, I don't see a lot of horror movies, so I had to uh, stretch for a few of them. But for number four for me um, was Paranormal Activity, the first one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought uh, in a similar way that the Blair Witch Project was kind of a new, unique take on a genre, I think it was really interesting to see most of the film through the, the footage <clears throat> kind of the uh, the security camera footage uh because especially it's it's even more relevant nowadays because i know i have cameras at my house and i watch like my kid on the nanny cam when he's yeah. sleeping i could easily see creepy things like that would really creep you right. out mm-hmm. uh seeing that kind of thing so having the whole movie kind of be like that and i think the the subtle horror in it right you didn't you never saw the demon um and i think it was maybe in the first one maybe it was the second one where um, they put, uh, I think, flower on the floor and they actually show like demon f- yeah. footprints. Maybe that was in the second one, but that was a really cool kind of very subtle way to show what this thing is, but you never actually see it. Um, and then the twist at the very end, I thought was kind of a, one of those affects you a little bit. Um, not nearly much as much as seven, but you're kind of like, ah, oh, dang. Like it's kind of one of those twists at the end that leave you feeling like that. How did that one end? Uh, she like got possessed and like threw him against the camera basically right that yeah. she, she murders yeah. her husband or whatever is fully possessed yeah. by the demon and then leaves and then it actually goes into the, the second film 
Mm-hmm. She's kind of in that one too. Yeah, we had like a tradition where we like we're like we're gonna watch a paranormal activity like every Halloween. I think we got to like three, but I don't yeah. remember. But three, three was good. That yeah. one, and I think one had two endings, if I'm not mistaken. I think there was a because I've seen two different endings to that movie. You're right, Casey. That's one of them. And then the other one, it might be it might be like a bonus on the DVD. Um, she walks downstairs, and you hear the cops, and they they shoot her and i i think uh, they didn't use that because katie comes back <laughs> well yeah and in in that ending too doesn't she kill him and then the the thing lets her go and then she realizes she does that yeah like, you're right and then she wanders downstairs and gets murdered so it's even sadder it's kind of like the ending of uh the fog wasn't there an alternate ending of the fog was it the the fog of the mist where they're driving and they like murder suicide everyone in the car and then they find out they were at the very edge of the fog is it the fog the mist. the mist yeah oh yeah it's like that kind of horrible ending where she does it wakes up and then they let her just go die yes oh is that with the dude from smallville i think so yeah yeah but there, i think I that also it. had an alternate ending that was even worse because i think his kid was in the car and i think the alternate ending he kills his kid and oh, then gets dang. out of the car and there's the military after murdering his like kid awful i think that was the alternate ending i haven't seen that yeah that um casey i almost put that on my list paranormal activity it 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 was so close the thing the scene that gets me is when micah's asleep and katie's just up and she's walking and moving around and i'm a heavy sleeper my wife is not so on that level like i I could be totally out and have no idea Mm -hmm. what's going on in my house Creepy. She loves me. She loves me. She loves me. <laughs> Is that your number four? No. Okay. Um, no. no. So my number four, I cheated. I picked two. I couldn't decide. Um, it was a tie between It Follows and Pet Cemetery, the original. Um, oh, the originals. Yeah. Creepy. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I mean, It Follows is pretty self-explanatory. It's just a, I, it's a really scary concept. I think the director even said in an interview, he wrote it after a nightmare he had where the same person just kept following him and he couldn't get away from them. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend that it's, um, a a ghost kind of starts chasing these teens after they have sex with one another. It's like a, you know, big STD metaphor, but you know, (laughs) but that, that's how it, that's how it gets you. Um, the proper term is STI. You're right. You're right. (laughs) I'm living in the nineties here. Come on, man. You're better than that. Yeah. (laughs) But I do have a bit more to say about Pet Cemetery. That you know, I I saw that when I was a teenager, and that that wasn't on my list until I became a dad. And I think um, I still haven't read the book yet. I know that's famously one of the hardest for Stephen King to write. He put it in a drawer for I don't know a year or two and didn't pull it out until his publisher needed a book. And I just that's upsetting on so many levels. Even if the '80s horror is a bit dated, I still love it, but it's a bit dated. I just think the whole concept is really upsetting. Chad. Or Chris. Sorry, I was going to, before you yeah. move on, uh, yeah. did you see the remake that just came out? I haven't. Okay. I really want to see it. <clears throat> Have you? No, no, I, I haven't yet. Right. So that's. I'm just curious if you feel like it lives up to what the original was. I've heard kind of mixed reviews. Me too. Is the mixed reviews, is this another like critic versus like uh, fan? Fan. I think, I don't know if it's that. I know they changed some pretty essential elements of the original film. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... Well, I guess in that sense, it would be the fans kind of like weren't that, pleased though. with that. Like, I yeah, don't wanna, I, do I don't want to like I don't want to go back and just see a rehashing of a film. My right. favorite thing is like if they're gonna reboot something, like like reimagine it, reimagine like the story and give it like a new sheen and make and, it your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, 
All right, for uh, me, number four is uh, the movie Hostel. And this is the whole idea of like ter- that movie made it seem so real that that you could be anywhere and just get like lured in. You know, like you could just be at a party and just get lured in, and all of a sudden, like you're gonna get kidnapped and like held hostage and like the whole like torture and everything that goes on and like yeah just that movie all around ter- terrifies the the shit out of me but yeah number four for chad hostile all right number three so this is where i'm actually getting into stuff that i thought was like kind of frightening like two and three right. are my like actually like oh those are like oh we're getting scared kind of like as we work up to one creepy yeah um so number three for me is funny games I don't know if you've seen that or not, but there's an original and then they remade it uh, a couple years after, but it's super creepy. It's this like really well-to-do um, area and I don't know, Westchester or something like some on the lake or whatever. Uh, and some like two boys invade the home of a family and like basically they just do it because they're bored and they have nothing better to do. And it's the, all the things that like, ensue and it's just them like being sadistic and evil and it's creepy it's so. a really upsetting movie yeah it is it's really upsetting but it's I like i wanted to watch that movie it just looks disturbing it but is like how yeah. is how does that movie end god i haven't seen it in a while i'm trying to remember i i think i think it's no it's one of the like the a babysitter like someone in the neighborhood comes and i think like saves the family yeah. they somehow are able to to defeat the two yeah. brothers all right but yeah, it was like legitimately creepy and like unnerving. Sweet. Casey. Uh so my my number three uh probably scared me most just because I saw it when I was younger and it's kind of uh influenced a slight bit of thlassophobia. I don't know if you know what thlassophobia is, it's the fear of like uh dark deep water. So obviously it was Jaws, uh is number three on my list. Deep um, blue? No, well, <laughs> Deep Blue Sea, I do love. I have a, a soft Meg. spot for shark movies. So I do. Meg. Oh, dude. I, I don't think I saw Meg, but I read a book called Meg. I think it was yeah. the same story. That's Satham, right? We can talk about that when we do the Snatch podcast. No, but it is him, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. We could talk about when he peaked, too. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, so Jaws, um, I, I just, the the concept of, of uh, like, sharks attacking and, and hunting a boat even not just like prey but going for vengeance and then you think of just how vast our oceans are and, and you know you don't know what actually lurks down in there so maybe it wasn't it didn't instill a fear of sharks per se i actually yeah. think sharks are super fascinating i have a shark tattoo in my arm and everything shark. um but like the you know the, the oceans are so deep what could be lurking yeah. down there um they could come up and eat when i went to uh we went on our honeymoon and went to puerto rico stayed on the island of vieques and uh really my first time in the caribbean so i'm just like in the water just like digging my feet to the sand i'm just like oh look what i found sand dollar right it's like and angela was just like you're crazy like you don't know what's in you don't know what's down there like I'm like, whatever. A couple of days later, we go snorkeling. We're out swimming. We kind of got pulled away from the beach. And like, I look down and there's nothing but sea urchins. <laughs> yeah, no. Nothing but sea no. urchins and a barracuda. Yeah, no. Ocean terrifies me now. <laughs> yeah, can't do, I can't do water, period. That stuff is so 
frightening to me. But I think going back to Jaws, I think one of the things that Spielberg did so well is suspense in that movie. Yep. Um, like you don't see that shark until the end. And yes, like some of it was like the mechanical issues that they were having. But because of that, like he he made this like incredibly transformational film in, in his ability to create that suspense throughout is what makes that movie and what I think is the most like frightening. And I think the, the idea that you don't see that shark till the end is absolutely perfect. Well, and I think what really gets into it is I think humans have this innate knowledge and, and sort of fear and respect for water, right? We're not meant to be in the water. And yeah. so when you stick them out there on this boat out in the middle of nowhere, and it's just them versus this creature that lives and breathes and that's its universe, it'll own them there. I think those types of films, uh, you know, deep water type things like that yeah. really mm-hmm. evoke that different sense of fear because I think that's kind of innate in all of us. Yeah. Awesome. Good take. All right. Um, number three, I, it's hard to follow up Jaws. I love that movie so much. Um, my number three is uh, Danny Boyle film, 28 Days Later. It's a uh, zombie film, 2000, I want to say. three or four, I think. Oh, is it that old? Yeah. Okay. 28 Days Later? Yeah. I, I believe you. I just, I, 2007 was in my mind. I, I could be wrong. Anyway, um, I that was kind of at the height of the zombie genre. Well, Walking Dead came later. Okay, wow, it's a lot older than I thought. Um, yeah, I just I, I love zombie movies. I always have. George Romero is kind of I I don't want to say like hero, but he's definitely up there. I just everything he does, I love it. Dawn of the Dead, the original, is one of my favorite movies of all time. But I think what Twenty Eight Days Later did is. Dawn of the Dead is scary, and this just ratches it, ratches, ratchetizes it up. And you guys know what I'm trying to say. Ratchet and Ratchet up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the zombies are sprinting, and um, you know, it's to be stuck in a city, a highly populated city, with no plan for escape. I like. I don't know what I would do. That's one of the most frightening scenarios I can imagine. So, 28 days later, my pick. Great movie. Outside of even just being that scary, Chad. All right, for three ads saw just because like the experience of just the first time seeing that, and that was kind of like like a first time experience. And it was kind of like a moment in film, I think, for that horror genre. So, yeah, saw. Sorry, All right, Dad. number two for me is The Strangers. That was a really creepy movie and just I constantly, constantly think about the whole like knocking at the door is Tamara home. Like I cannot, (laughs) like I can't do that. Like that was frightening. It was terrifying and like everything that like continues after that. Like so The Strangers for me. What was your movie before that? That was Funny Games. Okay. I was getting those two crisscross. I've seen Strangers. I was thinking that was Funny Games. But anyway. No, and to, I was actually just now trying to think of should I swap out my two with The Strangers because that's another one of those movies that, uh, especially after, what is that one person like shotguns their friend on accident? So those, just the ending is yeah. awful. So many terrible things happen. It gives you that feeling. gross feeling yeah. too. Like that, I think that's how you know it's a good horror movie. Right. Like it leaves right. you kind of feeling affected right. afterwards. Yep. Uh, my number two is, uh, I mentioned before, was The Ring. Uh, I thought when I first saw that movie, um, really freaked me out. Uh, the from the first jump where I think they had the body kind of pull out of the closet and you see the gross face and it was wasn't like a super cheesy jump scare, but it just the grotesqueness of it. And you know they had a good uh, like violin 
string sh- jab or something in the soundtrack to go along with it so it kind of invokes it but yeah. it wasn't a jump scare but you jumped kind of like you would so it was kind of a, a good you know first scare and then uh, from that all the way to where uh the damn girl crawls out of the dang tv man you don't think it's gonna happen and then she pops out and you're like oh here we go <laughs> <laughs> oh <Damn> girl <laughs> In that spirit, I'm going to flip-flop my two and my one because my number one is The Ring. Um, And I to set the scene kind of like Casey, I I saw this. This was 2001. And I remember we went around Halloween with a group of friends. And horror was not, like coming out of the 90s, horror was not necessarily scary. So to see a PG-13 with your friends is like a fun Halloween thing. Thanks, Chad. I don't think... I, I nobody knew unless you had seen Ringu what was about to happen in that movie, and I I maintain that that should be rated R just for being disturbing, like no violence or anything like that. It is just that freaky, and like Casey said, I, you just the two most unsettling things for me. One, when they solve it, they figure out who she is, get her out of the well, and then her son says, "Why did you help her? You know, you shouldn't have helped her." And it's like, oh shit, we misunderstood everything. She's not misunderstood. She is evil. So that's number one. And number two was just when she comes out of the TV, because you you don't know the rules yet. You don't know what she's capable of, and you don't think that's going to happen. And then suddenly it does, and you don't feel safe in the theater with the big screen right in front of you. So, yeah, that movie affected me for years. I, nightmares, the whole nine yards. Yeah, some movie I wish I would have been able to see in a theater. Mm-hmm. I saw it like on like a 13-inch television. Less not the same less experience. Not the same experience. <laughs> we uh, we actually had a friend in high school that we pranked by uh, turning the. We all stayed in someone's house that night, uh, and we turned it on the TV and turned on the lights off. And he was the only one in the room, and he like woke up or whatever with that on, and he started freaking out. And then we had a friend come out of the room, another room with a wig on, uh-uh. and it wasn't it wasn't a very like obviously did not look like the girl. It was like yeah. a tall, lanky high school kid, but just the imagery of the it, it was uh, it was pretty good. That's something that would freak anyone out. That's good. My friends know me well and know this about me. I've had to openly declare to them that if you do that, I'm I'm swinging like I'm throwing fists, so I can relate. My number two is Alien. Um, not necessarily a movie that really scares me, but I just remember the first time seeing that. Like, I man, I was probably like seven, like pretty young when i saw that movie and just the grotesqueness of the uh xenomorph like the mouth inside a mouth thing like in like the goo and the ooze i was like oh man this is fucking disgusting but it's so cool but well it's like nerve-wrenching too like you're it's suspenseful yeah yeah i'm surprised that's like i think of like the like the moment that it like jumps out of the chest like that to me is like way more disturbing. Oh, like yeah, like that. Yeah. That's the moment that, that you I'm know like, what kind of like decim- like brought that down for me is like having seen Spaceball so many times. Like it's <laughs> just like a comedic moment. <laughs> the, Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> no, yeah, but just like that entire movie, it's just like it's it's almost like having uh, like rats in your house, like that. Like, you know, it's there, but like, you don't know when you're going to see it. And, but yeah, alien, great terror for a young Chad. Yeah. All right. So going to our number one, or I guess my number one, 
one of the reasons I don't really love horror movies is I just feel like there's not a lot of thought in the story, the plot. They generally tend to be very predictable. Um, and I just, I really appreciate dialogue. I really appreciate a, a, a really good story. So um, with that in mind, my number one is The Shining. Hands down, Kubrick does a great job directing it. It's a wonderful, like, I know you're in suspense the entire time. Like you're trying to figure out what's going on. So like you're trying to like work through it as well. Um, to me, it's just an awesome, awesome movie. And and I watch that movie and I, I just constantly think of like just feeling uneasy the entire time. Chris, have you seen Room 237, the documentary? Yeah, I, I did on Netflix for okay. sure. Just making sure. Kubrick films. I feel like almost all of us films are super disturbing oh yeah clockwork orange, clockwork orange. like was even like 2001 up. is disturbing uh, space odyssey space odyssey and you got uh oh, what was the um his last one he did with eyes wide shut, eyes shut. Uh-huh. super fucked up he did but, um he did the the dr strange love too yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. And that's like Oh, it's such a good movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's still like so strange. It is very yeah. strange. Full metal jacket, another one of my favorites. Oh my yeah. god. There's one of my favorite lines in that movie is How tall are you, boy? Six foot or <laughs> something like that. I didn't know they stacked piles of shit that high. Oh, Arlie so Ermy, man. Yeah. Right? Well, and that movie's like two movies in one even. So it's yeah. not even fair mm-hmm. because it's literally the the mood, the the tone, everything completely 180s. And it's like a whole nother film after, yeah. you know, the, the boot camp stuff. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, actually, before my number one, I, I wanted to throw in another uh, uh, honorable mention that I was going to crack my list with. But I think it's too much of a thriller, less of a horror movie. Um but I I just absolutely love hands down. I thought Get Out was fantastic. Oh, one hundred percent. I yeah. think uh, it was just oh, such yeah. a unique way to present um, some sort of imagery or some sort of horror. Not exactly horror, but just like those same types of uh, that tension, that same gut check that you get in horror movies. Um, some that's uh, a good rewatchable film because it's really smart. You see yeah. like shit like every time you rewatch that film, you're just like, oh yeah, like the level, the amount of detail in that film is just yeah. Amazing. And you could watch that movie at any period in time and it would be fantastic. But to be living in 2019 with actual cultural issues we're going through and having it explained in that way, super relevant, super like on the pulse at the exact time that it, it, that could have, it couldn't have come out at a better time. It fits so perfect. So I wanted to throw that out there, but, um, good shout out my actual number one. Uh, and I haven't seen it in quite a while, a while, but I just, it was, it freaked me out so much. It, It gave you, gave me kind of the heebie jeebies, Throughout the rest of the day, even Jeepers after, Creepers. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> um, was Jacob's Ladder. Oh, uh, dang, that's a good yeah. one. Jacob's Ladder, good I thought, call. was a fantastic movie. Um, that is a who is that? Tim Robbins. Yeah, is in that film, Shawshank mm-hmm. Redemption. Tim Robbins. Um, I, I guess if you haven't seen it, it's a, a vet comes back from Vietnam and he starts having these weird images. He starts seeing demons. Um, and he gets together with some of his other war veteran friends and they're starting to describe similar demons. Um, and so they think like the government did something to them and, and yada, yada, yada. And, and I, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but, uh, the twist on that's kind of interesting and, um, just kind of a cool way of explaining it. I don't know. I just remember being really kind of creeped out cause it wasn't uh, you know, cheap jump scares. It didn't, it didn't do anything like that, but it was a lot of just subtle, you know, he's seeing these things. He thinks they're following him. He's seeing demons kind of, uh, 
you know, walking behind people and then he sees them out of the corner of his eye and then doesn't see him again. Um, just really creepy, really good, subtle tension built up throughout that. And then uh, kind of a cool twist in the end. In addition to that, I don't know if anyone's a fan of True Detective, but has anyone seen season three? Yeah. No. Okay. I I just wanted to shout out the um the way that they depict uh, Mahershala Ali's Vietnam demons. It kind of reminds me a lot of Jacob's yeah. Ladder. It's done really well. It's my favorite part of that season, I think. Yeah, that was really good. I didn't love season two, but I thought season three was really redeeming. I agree. They brought it back for sure. Um. Okay, my number one, uh, which is actually my number two, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, it's The Exorcist. And to kind of ground that for me, um, I'm born and raised Catholic. I have since drifted from the church. And I think if you find The Exorcist scary, first and foremost, you're probably Catholic. And <laughs> as, you know, as, you know, and what, regardless of what I believe or don't believe now or how far I am from the church, it's just a part of my DNA. Like it's that ghost is in my machine just being raised that way. So it continues to just frighten me uh, the visuals, it, the fact that everything about it, it's a little girl who did nothing wrong. And now her life is literally hell on earth and there's nothing she can do. Her body's being invaded, not her fault. She didn't do anything. And that's just one of the most horrifying things to me that something could happen to me. I didn't do anything wrong. Like I didn't sin. It's like, it's, it doesn't even make sense in Catholicism with, I guess, original sin, but she didn't sin. And this is all happening to her. So it just, it gets me. And even today, I mean, the special effects, it's incredible. It, I, I think it still holds up. That was like, I think another like uh, early golden era of horror too. Cause you have like that, you have like the omen. Yes. Um, I think this is, it's like the original Hellraiser, not too far off from The Exorcist, or is Hellraiser that a little bit more eighties? More eighties. I think it's like early eighties. The dude but with like the nails in the head, right? Pinhead. Yeah. yeah. I gotta go pipe watch that tonight. Awesome, great film so far. So my number one is the original nineteen seventy four Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Again, nice. it's all about the timing. I uh, I saw this. On television as a very young child when I lived in Texas <laughs> and it was being promoted as based on a true story. <laughs> it was like, fuck. And just like the imagery of the people in that, like where I was living at the time is like, I knew people that weren't too far off from the looks of, of the people in this film. It just, and I don't know when you're wearing like the dead skid mask and everything like that. So yeah, it's probably one that I want to actually go back and watch that film because I haven't seen that one probably since I was a, a child. So I'm a little and even like the remake of that film was I think it was actually done very well, too. It's pretty good. Um, is anybody else surprised that nobody said anything about like two of the most iconic scary figures with? which is Jason and Michael Myers. Like there wasn't Halloween. There wasn't There's, Nightmare Before uh, or Nightmare on Elm Street. Any of they're those not movies. scary. Anymore, I think slasher like. and horror are two different genres, sure. though. I think those probably fall like Scream. The mm -hmm. original Screams kind of fall into these teen slashers yeah. where they kind of set those characters up as oh, they're these teens off having sex in the woods. You're not supposed <laughs> right. to like them. They try right. to paint them in a negative way right. so that you don't care that all these people just get murdered. Yep. Whereas horror i think affects you on a different level sure yeah and what well, yeah well it's not my favorite screams one of my or not one of the scariest screams one of my all-time favorite movies i think i've seen that more than you know any other horror or slasher movie 
What's your feeling on Matthew Lillard? Brilliant. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> so do, do I. Yeah. So do I. Secretly, when he's like bleeding out, he's like, I think you've gone too deep, man. I just love him. So I don't want to break the internet, but I've never seen Scream. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's but you, a, you'd know Matthew Lillard. I mean, wh- what are your thoughts on like Jason, <laughs> Freddy? Uh, do you enjoy slashers? I really did like the Nightmare on Elm Street films, yep. especially number three, Dream Warriors, best soundtrack. Dokken. Dokken. Knock, knocking. Who's Dokken? Dokken's there. I think you dig Scream. It's kind of a the a more modern like '90s. It's the '90s slasher yeah. classic, right? So yeah, you've got I've your heard good things. Yeah. Again, I think that came out what late mid to late '90s. Scream. Yeah. 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 Pop culture black hole. We got to get you out of that at I some know. point, Chad. <laughs> oh, you can. It's past. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's over. So. All right. Awesome. I think that was a great discussion on Saw and horror films for uh, leading up to Halloween. So thank you for listening to this episode of Movie Time Machine. And thank you, Casey, for joining joining us today. It's been awesome to have you here. <laughs> you can find us at on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod. Um, that's at Movie Machine Pod. Uh, send us some comments. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Send us your favorite horror movies. At Griffin's terrible bad day. Let us know <laughs> more. Bad day. <laughs> I hope your day got better. All right. Thank you very much and good day. Hey.